0: What's up, BT Podcasts? Man, I'm excited about today's conversation. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Today, we have a very special guest. We have Pastor Matt Modeno from BT Alice Campus. Matt, say what's up to everybody tuning in. What's up, everybody? Excited to be
1: here today. Thanks for having me, Danny.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Just as you guys are tuning in, however you're listening to, maybe it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, maybe you're watching on YouTube. Uh, My hope is that this conversation blesses you and that uh, you would share it with people, Uh, and today's topic is going to be very good. Uh, But before we kind of get into today's specific conversation, what I would love to do, uh, Matt, um, you know, you've been a part of the the BT for for a minute, for a couple of years years now uh but maybe there's several people that don't really know your story you know alice uh is about you know an hour and a half away from the McAllen mm-hmm. campus and it's uh, one of our newer kind of campuses and so uh maybe uh what i would love to do is kind of you start by sharing your story man like how did how did you get saved how, how did you experience salvation what was your call to ministry like uh just kind of start there for us bro
1: Yeah. So uh, I grew up in Aransas Pass, Texas. So small town right off the coast. Uh, Probably became famous a little bit after Harvey uh, hit that area. And so born and raised there. Uh, Mom still lives there along with all my siblings live around uh, in that area. So grew up in a little bit later in life of First Baptist Ransons Pass uh, and so got saved at an illusionist uh, in Corpus and so we went for an event and I went because this other girl went so I was like wait, hey. pause What you got saved what? Uh, at an illusionist at an illusionist yeah. so like an event yeah, so like an event so, like in student ministry? yeah, like in student ministry so I was in junior high actually and so uh, we went out there and it was a really cool time and at the end the dude gave uh, you know the salvation prayer and gave a call and uh, I repeated it in my head and I was sitting there and I was like man, I'm not." he said you know Stand up if you said that, you know, like we say almost every Sunday. And I yeah. was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to stand up, I'm not going to do it." Uh, and so uh, he's counted to three, and I stood up, and I didn't even know I stood up. Like I opened my eyes, and I'm standing up. Uh, and so yeah, the illusionist kind of illusioned me to stand up in that opportunity there. And so <laughs> <He> illusion, <you. laughs> yeah, that's
0: awesome. Yeah, uh,
1: how old were you during this time? Uh, I was around 13, so I was in junior high, uh, so seventh or eighth grade. I don't remember the specifics, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, after that, uh, followed God for a little bit through high school. Um, Went to camp my freshman year, mm. uh, and really felt the call to ministry there. So I was at Zephyr. I remember sitting in uh, the the bunk. I think it was Senza before they were all fancy like they are now. Um, the little ones where you could barely fit in the restroom. Uh, and so I remember <laughs> sitting on the top bunk, and I told my uh, group leader, "Like, hey, you know, I really feel this call to full time ministry." I yeah. didn't know what the heck that meant. Like mm. he didn't like he explained it to me a little bit. And uh, it's funny because then when we got back from camp, uh, if you've been around BT for a while, you know Pastor Marshall who was our old executive yeah. pastor. He was the, the senior pastor there at uh, First Baptist oh, Aransas. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's and cool. so I told him, uh, and so he kind of explained it to me, and then um, like any kid who gets called to ministry at that age, I decided to run from it till about mm. uh, college, uh, a little bit after my first, second year in college, and then really felt the call back of God saying like, hey, I want to use you. So I uh, ended up joining an internship program at a church in Corpus, uh, and so, and then the rest from there is history. So grew up uh, in there, started as an intern doing uh, community groups, uh, went from community groups to student ministry. Uh, did student ministry for a long while, mm. uh, and then in 2015 became a campus pastor.
0: Wow! Nice. Uh,
1: and so was pastoring a church in Alice too at the same time. Uh, there for you know the next three years, and then uh, of course in 2018 I think it was uh, that they ended up closing uh, that church there in Alice. And so uh, after that closed, we didn't know what we were going to do. Um, we had three months to kind of figure things out. You know, we looked uh, for different places and. It was really kind of kind of going into the story here, but it was really about a week later that the team from BT came down. Hmm. Uh, it was Chris and, and the whole leadership team, and um, talked about starting something in Alice. Cool. Uh, it was so fresh, uh, you know. We're talking about failure, and it kind of really did feel like I failed. Yeah. Um, during that time, and so I was like, no, like uh, I'm not ready for to do this again.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> you know? I got you. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that part of your story here in a second. Uh, backtracking a little bit, so uh, you got saved at Illusionist event. Do you remember what kind of trick the Illusionist did? Uh, The only
1: thing I remember, it was like, Boxes in the shape of a cross, but like he was like inside the boxes and like they were moving him around, like he didn't have any body parts or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. but like mirrors and stuff, and that's all I remember.
0: All right, I'm just praying that it was real for you, bro. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, that's awesome. I loved hearing uh, just the transition of your story. That uh, so you didn't grow up in church then? No, I didn't grow up in church. Gotcha, Uh, it wasn't until I grew up. Uh, in a very
1: uh, religious church Mm. um, early on in life so I always knew of God Uh, really started questioning that and kind of what that was, uh, and then ended up in First Baptist
0: Aransas. And really, yeah. that's where my faith really took off, was there. So. Oh, I love that. And and it's crazy. I didn't know that, that Pastor Marshall was, I guess, your senior pastor. Yeah. And then that, you know, kind of a little bit of a full circle there for a little while. Uh, man, that's great. Uh, and so now uh, we'll get into uh, certain parts of your story here in a little bit that I'd love to, for you to kind of just open up and share about. Uh, and as you alluded to a while ago, the, the conversation that we're going to talk about today um that i think maybe a lot of people deal with but mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people don't want to uh maybe admit that this is a struggle or something like that but it's the conversation of how to deal with failure mm-hmm. uh and and for a lot of people tuning in, maybe you don't have that issue because you live a perfect life yeah. and so you actually never deal with yeah. failure, right? Uh, but for so many of us, it's like we walk through these moments where we maybe make these decisions or we try this thing uh, and then maybe we end up failing at that thing and and the effects of failure can really be deep yeah. uh, in how we really live our lives and for us as believers and as call to ministers, um, how we effectively do ministry. And so we'll kind of mm-hmm. get into that conversation here a little bit uh but now you're um this part of your ministry where God has you now is you're overseeing bt alice and so man i'd love for you to just kind of share some stories like what's going on in alice right now what's been the kind of timeline maybe even quickly like in in two minutes give us like the short story of, of of how it started versus how it's going you know so uh give us that for bt alice bro.
1: yeah so bt alice we just celebrated three years uh, hey, come on there in alice and so started out in uh, coastal being college with some vision nights uh, mm-hmm. we, uh ended up being at the boys and girls club on sunday nights for about three months uh after that we Found uh, our home at the Armory, uh, which is an old military (laughs) type thing, and so we were meeting there uh, for two and a half years, pretty Mm. much. And so uh, we were there for a long while. That was our home. We loved it. It was great, very intimate setting. Uh, Then we started having some conversations with uh, the Presbyterian Church in town. They were getting ready to close, uh, and so we started having conversations with them. What would it look like if we moved in? Uh, So time passed a little bit. uh, Then we went back and had more conversations with them. And so now uh, we. that building, so we are yeah, in the old Presbyterian Church uh, in Alice, seventy-seven North Adams Street, right behind the police station. Hey, if you're in Alice, uh, yeah, pull if you're in Alice, come join us. And so uh, it's an amazing thing, man. The teams who worked on the building, the contractor, did an amazing job with everything. And so the coolest thing is, is I always wanted or had the vision or kind of the the idea, right, of being a a kind of more modern church inside of an old church. Mm. Uh, and that's really what it is. You look at it from the outside, it looks like your old normal, like traditional church. Uh, the inside still looks like that too, but once worship starts, I mean, it's, it's BT, you know, Yeah, and so, cool. uh, it's really cool. And so it's a great environment. Um, very, um, different from the armory where we were, you know, we had, you know, the lights off, you know, the light, the music stuff here, there's windows, uh, windows. Everywhere, And so it's light. So you're worshiping in the light. And so it's really um, just an amazing thing, Uh, man. You know, since we started BT Alice, uh, we've seen marriages transform. We've seen lives transformed. Like we've just seen a a crazy move of God, especially here in these past few months um, since moving into the building, right? There's people who we're going to talk about here in a little bit who um, were hurt by a previous church, whether Mm. in the community or something. And they're falling in love with the church again. You know, they never lost their faith, um, but they just lost faith in God's house. And so Mm -hmm. we're seeing that come back. And, and then begin to get plugged in and to flourish uh, and things like so we're seeing a lot of that and so it's been really cool in the past two weeks uh, we've had eight baptisms and so for a church our size that's huge that's good uh, yeah. and uh six seven eight nine
0: salvations and so yeah and, and I think stats show that like a lot of churches won't even see ten baptisms for the year yeah you know, and, and, and yeah, God's doing big things with you guys there in Alice. And it's a phrase we love throwing around, but it's a phrase that we truly believe that God has big plans for you guys there, BT Alice. And so, uh, I'm excited to see that play out, man. And, and I've gotten to see the building, uh, man, if you're, if you're part of BT and you go to another campus, maybe Edinburgh, Sherryland, McAllen, uh, I'll challenge you guys take a Sunday, drive to Alice, worship with that community. Mm-hmm. Cause that is our community. And I love what you said that that it's a it's a traditional church that that feels modern inside, mm-hmm. but then the other thing you said was, uh, but inside is BT, mm-hmm. uh, and and I love that because that's really the goal for us as BT church is no matter where a campus is, uh, that, that it feels like BT, uh, that it has our same DNA, our same culture. And and no, you can copy and paste, um, a system, but one of the hard things to do is copy and paste the culture. Culture, And I feel like for you guys, you all do an amazing job of, of taking the DNA and the vibe Mm -hmm. of BT and, and making it happen there in Alice. And so, man, so it's a beautiful thing. Uh, last question for that. What is, uh, what is your hope for the city of Alice? Man,
1: honestly, my hope for the city of Alice is one thing, you know, it's really been radiant in my heart lately. It's just that they would know that God hasn't forgotten about them. You know, this past weekend, we talked about uh, the in-between, right? Meeting God and the grace and the in-between, how um, that story um, that we shared and uh, how he was in-between when he met those lepers. You -hmm. know what I mean? It wasn't in one of the big cities. No, it was in a village. Uh, And oftentimes, I feel like Alice is a village right? We're between San Antonio and Corpus. We're between San Antonio and, you know, the valley, um, the bigness of the valley. And so that that's just my prayer is that people who are in Alice feel, and the surrounding areas, right? The cities that are around it, uh, that they feel and they know that they're not forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. That God does have a big plan for them. Uh, you know what I mean? And that they would truly tap into that and get plugged into his house and know that he is good and know that he is better, right? And just watch him transform their lives. That's what we're seeing. Uh Just a quick side note, man, you know, we've got Probably about 30 people, 25 to 30 people that are driving in from Freer. Oh, like wow. literally 45
0: minutes away. Oh, I was about to ask, how yeah, far is that? From okay.
1: Alice, and they're driving in from Freer. You know what I mean? And so uh, Pastor
0: Nick always says, uh, a church alive is worth a drive. Yeah.
1: So, and, and that's <laughs> what we're seeing. Like, honestly, is just uh, God moving not only in the big cities, right? Yes, we want to reach people in the big cities, but the smaller towns around count too. Like, God hasn't forgotten about
0: them. And yeah. So, it's funny you say that. Uh, this reminded me of, um, you know, whenever uh, I was able to to do church plan in New York City. Uh, we lived in a neighborhood called Astoria. Mm. Uh, the neighborhood we planted in the church is called Woodside. It was right next to it, uh, and Astoria is a very vibrant. Mm. Everybody loves Astoria, and they had stores and and markets, and they had like merch of so love Astoria, We Heart Astoria. Like it was such a lovable thing. And I remember one time we sat in a meeting with our uh, staff and our dream team there, and and we we're just thinking like. Like what's, how can we bring that same love to Woodside? Cause like you were saying with Alice, yeah. like it almost like feels forgotten. Yeah, uh, And that's when the phrase love Woodside kind of came into fruition for Queen's Church. Uh, and it was just really cool to see that. But that's that same idea is like, Hey, like we see you. Mm. And I feel like what you're doing with Alice is, is telling the community we're planted here. Yeah. We bought this building. We're right downtown. Yeah. We're not going anywhere. We're here yeah. and, and we see you. Uh, yeah. So I love that. Uh, so now from a personal level uh, kind of getting into this topic uh, so today we're talking about uh, how to deal with failure mm-hmm. uh, you know it's, a, it's something that everybody's going to go through at some point, and you know nobody's perfect uh, and so we're always going to have moments of maybe we try something we mm-hmm. go after something you know it starts off like when you're young you go after like a, a mm-hmm. sport uh, a game an activity uh, but then even as you get older you become a young adult you're choosing a school to go to mm-hmm. you're choosing a career to go after a calling to go after um, but starting this way in, in your personal life uh, are you a goal setter? Like maybe like in January, beginning of the year, you set goals, stuff like that. Is that something you do personally?
1: Yeah, sometimes uh sometimes I'm not very good at getting those goals. Right. You're good at uh, writing them down. Yeah, good at writing them down. Yeah. yeah. It's then like then all of us. Then yeah. you forget about them. You know, March <laughs> comes around, April comes around, you're like, hey, what about them goals?
0: Or uh, <laughs> January 10th comes around. January 10th around, comes and around. around. Yeah. yeah. You're like, hey, what yeah. about those goals? So
1: yeah, I would say to a sense, you know, I am a goal setter. uh There was a part of my life where I was super driven by mm-hmm. goals uh, and I honestly just let it consume my life. And wow. so like since then, I've had to learn like the healthy balance between setting goals right and uh honestly just kind of taking my time too with certain things you know some things are immediate but some things aren't you know sometimes sometimes they have the longer game
0: ahead and so that's good yeah Yeah, I, i i'm a big goal setter but i'm the same way like sometimes i'll set a goal that's like way like I know I'm not going to reach mm. it, but I'm just going to try anyway. Uh, one time, cause I love reading. Mm. One time I set a goal, I'm going to read hundred books in a year. And I even like made a list. Mm. I wrote down every single book that I was going to read. Uh, and I didn't get it. I got mm. like 60 or 61, mm. something like that. And I remember at that moment, like, man, like, like I only got like 60% of the way, like there's 40% of what I didn't do. Yeah. I, I felt like a failure for yeah. a moment. Uh, and, and then there's like this reality of, I didn't reach my goal. But then, like, my mind had a, a slight adjustment of, mm. well, I did read 60 books. And that's yeah. like, for me, like, that's the first that's time huge, I'd ever yeah. done that. It's more than <laughs> so, one a week. <laughs> yeah. So you, you kind of see uh, the, the tension there. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to go after. So, a question I have for you is this it is, is Would you rather try something crazy? You know, for some people, maybe reading 100 books yeah. is not that crazy. Uh, but but something that's a crazy, wild goal to go after, uh, would you rather try something crazy and fail or do things at a minimal risk? Like, yeah. like for I, had
1: a, I had a mentor one time, kind of on the same subject, uh, and she said, if you're not taking risks, then you're not leading, Wow, right? And so, I've always kind of held on to that, right? So, like, I'm going to take big risks and, hey, you know, you might fail, you know, but at least you're leading through that failure, you're leading through the risk, yeah, um, too. And so, I would say, you know, I, I like to take risks. Sometimes, maybe try things that people say, oh, well, that didn't work in the past or that hasn't worked in a while. You know, I mean, well, let's see if it'll work now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. There was a, yeah, anyway. so yeah. Have you ever failed at anything before? No, bro, I'd never failed at anything. Oh, nothing. cool. Yeah. Let's continue yeah. on. no. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time that uh i did this big volunteer appreciation bro like inflatables like had the drinks ready Aww. like burgers everything like planned this whole thing out we were like oh man all you know 75 of our dream teamers are gonna show up and bro like 10 showed up oh, like man. and i'm like bro i thought i made this a big deal but what'd you do with the leftover burgers yeah, we just gave them to the police officers
0: oh that's that's <laughs> yeah. a good thing See so, yeah, yeah you got, had a plan yeah, for that yeah so uh, yeah that's it's a running joke with uh, like me and summer and, and uh some of our friends Gabe and Sam, they, I always say like for any event that we do, I'm yeah. like, yeah, no one's going to come. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, for any time we have like a youth event or young adults or anything yeah. when I was a student pastor or stuff like that. Uh, but that's always like a feeling I have like, yeah, no one's going to mm-hmm. come to this. Um, because the first time when, when I got the opportunity to do student ministry, which was actually by Pastor Chris, mm-hmm. uh, when I was serving with him, um, we had set up like a disciple now type Mm -hmm. of youth event. Um, and I remember like promoting it and we had like, we were a small church. We had maybe like 10 students sign Mm -hmm. up and I was like, all right, it's our first time. I'm super excited. It's going to be great. Like, we'll just see what Uh, happens. Uh, yeah, zero students showed up that Friday night. Uh, and I was like, man, this is the worst feeling ever. Um, I remember thinking like, like what do I do? And then, uh, I mean, what happened was like, after we realized nobody was coming, Chris and I just went to Chili's and we yeah. just kind of like talked. Cause I was just like, <laughs> I need somebody to hang yeah. out with man. Uh, because yeah, it's just that feeling. And, and you even think about that, like, why does failure f- feel like the worst thing yeah. ever? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you wrestle with that. And so what I want to talk about with it is how do we deal with failure? How yeah. do we, you know, a lot of people use the phrase like failing forward, mm. uh, or learning from your failure yeah. type of thing. And so you know, thinking about setting a, a type of goal or going after a big a big risk, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Um, you know, w- w- what are ways that maybe you've done that and you've kind of like learned from that, or, mm-hmm. or how would you deal with that personally?
1: Yeah, so I would say, kind of like, yeah, fear can be paralyzed, paralyzing. You know, what I mean, if you let it, the fear of failure, um, yeah. yeah, the fear of failure, yeah. and so kind of looking at situations and things and knowing, like, hey, sometimes you're going to set some big goals, right? And even though you might not meet them, like, still look at how much you did. You know I mean? Like you said, mm. you had the goal of reading 100 books, right? You read 60, right? Which is still a big deal. Uh, and so I would say it's just kind of knowing, not, I wouldn't say going in with the mindset that, oh, well, I'm going to fail, so it's going to be okay anyway. You know what I mean? But yeah. like going in and giving it everything you have and knowing, uh, especially in ministry, man, there's certain things and uh, that we can do or, you know, big events, like you said, conferences and things we want to put on. And then we're like, oh man, I hope people show up. Right. You know what I mean? But even if one person shows up and they hear Christ, like- wow. Like that matters, you know, yeah. that one person matters. And so there's been times where we've done, you know, certain events and it's like five people showed up and I'm like, man, I can feel discouraged about that five or I can know, like you said, like God has a purpose and a plan for these five wow. who are here yeah. uh, and their life can still be changed. You know, I think it's like uh, you're a preacher until it really doesn't matter where you go preach at, right? There could be one person in the room. There could be a hundred people in the room. There can be 200 people in the room, right? You're still going to preach with the same message mm. and the same passion, right? And and not being afraid to to kind of fail at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, if that makes
0: I don't even know if I went on a rabbit no that's good that's really good and and I think that goes into this question I want to ask is is how can we see failure differently because I think uh, like some of the stuff you're pointing out is like these like from the outside perspective, mm-hmm. like numerical goals. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really hard uh, because we look at maybe what other churches are doing, yeah. what other events are doing, and we see like, yeah, they had a thousand people, but we had 10. Um, and then because of that comparison, yeah. then we feel feel like failures. And yeah. so how can we see it differently uh, is definitely a, a healthy way to approach mm-hmm. this. Uh, I, I want to kind of get into your story a little bit. Uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, yeah. um, but, but there was an episode in your ministry where, where you You have shared with me that it made you feel like a failure. Uh, Kind of talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there, like, you know, we talked about, like, what came into ministry. um, And I think it was 2009. And so from 2009 to, no, not 2009, 2000, anyway, the years don't matter. But for about seven to eight years, right, I I was serving at this church. I was uh, on staff at the church. And so the last four years there, three to four years there, I was a campus pastor. Um, A lot similar to what I do now, but not really. It was more video driven um, than live preaching. And so those three to four years, you know, we went and we, uh, well, God um, took the church and turned it around. Right I mean it started growing it was it was in it was, Alice in Alice yeah okay, in cool. Alice still, yeah. uh so God was moving, lives were being changed, people were being saved. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean it went from um, not that many people to to quite a few people uh, you know what I mean there came a day where the church leadership decided that um the church was losing too much money to continue on okay, uh, and so from one day to the next, it was closed from uh, one yeah. day to the next from one day to the yeah, so it was a meeting on Wednesday to that Sunday that basically like you know they decided the church was going to close because it was losing too much money and so you had to cut it off
0: about how many people were y'all running Uh, by
1: that time we were around 250 to 300 maybe a little bit more Uh, and so we were running four services uh, Saturday night three on Sunday Uh, definitely you know lots just had a brand new worship center built kind of just specifically for the church uh, renovated the kids area Right, it was super nice uh, and all that, and so again, yeah, from one day to the next. And so after that,
0: well, walk uh, us through uh, like what was it like a phone call that you got that an email like yeah, hey uh, you guys got to shut down what, what was what was uh, that
1: it was a meeting
0: uh, okay. that I was called into so Monday there was one meeting
1: that was like hey you know your campus is losing so much money uh, we got to turn this around you know so we came up with a plan like okay I'm gonna have a state of the church type meeting we're gonna talk about where we're at you know challenge people to give and stuff to mm-hmm. being called in Wednesday and it being like hey we just can't let this go on anymore type thing. Um, Here's your paperwork. uh, Look over it, sign it, but we're going to announce it Sunday. We're not going to have Saturday services. We're going to have only two services on Sunday to kind of explain the whole thing type thing. And so I was like, okay, you know, really didn't have a say in it. Uh, You know, I was just the campus pastor at the time. And so it was like, okay, Um, you know, so Sunday came, probably one of the worst days of my life. Mm. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, it yeah. was one of those days where my mom um, and dad were like, hey, you want me to be there? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, what I mean? Man, and, yeah. you know, there's pictures of the last service there and mm-hmm. uh, things that we did. People, of course, were heartbroken. They were sad. They were mad um, too, just because it was honestly just a blind side uh, to kind of what was taking place there. You know, we had seen a movement of God happen and now it was like, hey, sorry. Uh, you know what I mean? And so after that, uh, I honestly, like you said, I felt like a failure, man. Wow! like you know we stayed living in Alice uh, after that um, we had about three months to figure things out of what we wanted to do and where we were going to go and uh, I was driven man I'm getting out of Alice <laughs> like mm. you know what I mean like God shut this door we're done type thing like I can't stay here like I went so hard you know pushing you know for this church and now here I'm going to have to pick up and like you am going to start something else here like nah that's not going to happen yeah. uh, you know what I mean and so it was just heartbreaking and, and kind of again I felt like a failure I would go to H-E-B and I would literally think people were looking at me being like oh that's that pastor who had that church and it failed like mm. that's literally wow. what it felt like like everywhere I went um, so then you started
0: doing curbside yeah so then I started doing yeah. curbside yeah because I'm like <laughs> I don't want to go inside people are going to look at this
1: guy <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know and so honestly we kind of became hermits from mm. that right we would not go out to eat really really do much like uh, Stelia really kind of paralyzed wow. us yeah. uh, in that and so uh, I'll kind of go on but when we had the opportunity you know to begin to partner with BT and BT was there the week after like everything happened what was that did did, uh pastor chris just like text you or what what Uh, was that
0: communication like
1: so it was through marshall and pastor louis okay because i had relationships with both of them they came out and honestly the first conversation was like how are you doing Mm, like they cared more about my soul they cared more about me and my wife how we were processing things uh and honestly it was like a check-in on me to see how we're doing and then past that then it was like hey we want to do something in alice right Chris will share the story. It's been on his heart for years, even before that happened, um, to be there. You know, at that time, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to stay, but I'll help you. <laughs> like, you know it's what I mean? Chris like,
0: bleeds Alice Orange. Yeah he's, yeah, he's
1: a coyote through and through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Number one, here we go. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, from there, uh, there was multiple kind of steps and other things that took place where um, still, you know, Two months later, we were still like, hey, I'm out of here. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, I couldn't. Like, there was a. And and now I can look back, right, and see and say, you know, well, part of it was pride, Mm. and part of it was fear that was paralyzing me. Because like I said, I don't want to start another church here and be going so hard for this. And then remember like, hey, that's the pastor who failed with that last church. Like this one's just going to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it was that same thing. And the whole time, like I really had to focus on God and what he was calling us to do and trying to hear his voice over everybody else's voice and telling us, hey, you need to go here. Or, hey, you need to do this. Or, hey, what do you think about this? You know, type thing. And so uh, BT just did a really good job of loving us after we were hurt, Hmm. right? And helping us heal through that. Right. They could have. It was crazy. I mean, I I told you the story, too. There was multiple times where he said, no, we're going to leave Alice type thing. And they still loved us so well that it was just like crazy. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, You know what I mean? But it was just the love that we felt through that process that when it came down to it, another opportunity, a door was closed. Uh, and really just praying through it. And me and my wife, my wife looked at it and said, if we're gonna stay here, right? And oftentimes this is f- this is for free. Um, oftentimes God will speak through your wife, right? Yeah. And so she looked at me and Come she on. said, what if God's calling us to stay here and BT's the church? right this was after we had already came down and visited we experienced a service we experienced the culture we could see that BT was different Mm -hmm. right and we could see that Chris was different Louie you know the whole staff it was just a different type of thing that we had never really been a part of Uh, and so it was after that that we were like yeah let's do this you know what I mean like I had to be willing to put my pride aside and leave the the fear behind right but then a new fear crept in is like dude what if nobody shows up (laughs) Like, (laughs) like here we are starting this new church and what if nobody shows up yeah. because it's me, the guy who had the failed church, yeah. you know? And so, but honestly, uh, since then, you know, I just had to press in to God and just know like, That's Hey, good. this is on him. This is his yeah. church. This is not my church. This is not Chris's church. Mm. Right. Um, we're just going to continue. We're doing what we're called to do. We're going to stay faithful to God. We're going to stay faithful to his word. Um, we're going to teach that. We're going to, we're going to help reach people and show people that. Right. And so we started with the great core group, man. Uh, and, and they, it was crazy. Like the, the people that I thought would not want to be, a part of a church again with me, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like here they were and they were ready and they were ready to go, right? They had seen uh, and felt what had happened, right? But there was still lots of people who were out there hurting uh, and still to this day, we're seeing some of them come back uh, and just really wow. fall in love with God's house again. And so- I love that, um, man.
0: Powerful story. You still, yeah. Do you go to HB now again or Yeah, I go to HB now again. Yeah, okay, I go there a good. lot. So uh, <laughs> it's my favorite place. They take <laughs> so, half my paycheck.
1: <laughs> that's
0: true. <laughs> um, man, you talked about just uh, the- the fear of failure that's so paralyzing and then just the uh, the questions that you had to process mm-hmm. of, I'm going to be this failed pastor. Yeah. No one's going to come because I, I was this failed pastor, man. The enemy is so good yeah. at getting you to question your calling. Uh, and I love how, you know, it wasn't an easy process, yeah. but from kind of from my perspective, looking into what God has done with you, uh, you've allowed God to work in your heart mm. and you've allowed people, you know, specifically BT and pastors here to kind of come alongside yeah. you. Um, and, and I think for me, that's one of the best formulas in dealing with failure, mm-hmm. even with the feeling of failure. Cause, yeah. cause maybe like for so some, cause someone's going to tell you like, bro, that's not your fault. Like, yeah. you know, and so, uh, so you, you know, and so, but the reality is this, is that the feeling of failure still exists. Mm-hmm. And, and so where do you see like kind of scripturally maybe ways that, that Jesus deals with failure uh, or ways that you see like kind of people coming ar- alongside you um, from, a, from a biblical standpoint mm-hmm. uh, of the importance of that to help people overcome failure?
1: Yeah, so if you look in, I think it's Exodus 18 is what we, were, we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, it's just when Jethro came to Moses, Yeah, right? And he's like, hey, Moses, what are you doing, right? Moses' wife had been with Jethro, and he's like, hey, she shouldn't be here. She should be with you, uh, right? And this was when Moses was trying to judge all the people on his own. He was sitting there judging people from morning to night, and Jethro's like, hey, bro, this isn't good. Like, what you're doing is not good. You think you're making an impact. You think you're being effective.
0: Because Moses was working
1: 24-7, yeah, yeah. yeah, And he's like, hey, this isn't going to work. And he basically kind of, in layman's terms, tells Moses, like, hey, this is going to fail, and you're going to fail, and the people around you are going to hurt because of that. Wow. Uh, and so it's just in the importance of having those people. That are there that are going to be willing to look at you and speak truth to you and say like, hey, this isn't going to work. Like if you keep going down this path, like you're going to fail. I remember uh, one of my mentors um, during that time after all that happened, he came and he saw me and he looked me straight in the face and he said, Matthew, you did not fail. Like and that was something that I I held on to throughout the process. Uh, He's like, "This is not your fault. This was the decision of you know this this church and the leadership. Like this is not on you." And so it took him reminding me and reminding myself all through the process, like that that failure is a moment, right? It's 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 not it's not a person. It's not a lifetime thing, right? And so yes, like now that's a part of my story, but it's a moment in my story where I felt like a failure. But I had to remind myself that, hey, God is still good. He's better, right? And it took that moment of failure for me to to, to realize, now that I can look back and see that God used that failure to kind of build and mold me Mm. into the man of God I am today. Uh, You know what I mean? And and to know that there's going to be situations that are out of my control, that I may feel like I lost everything, but really what I realized at the bottom of that was that even though it felt like I lost everything, I still had God and that wow. was all,
0: that was all I needed. Yeah. That's right. Good. And like, it was, it, it's just in that moment, you yeah. know what I mean? That, that you feel that. And, and, and going back to what you said earlier, like, like so much of, of what we feel as failure, it comes from like kind of cultural perspective. Yeah. Um, and I think when we focus on not just momentary failure, mm-hmm. but even momentary success, yeah. when that becomes our focus, um, we then are led by our emotions. Like Mm -hmm. if we're momentary successful, then we're going to think that, that we can do it all. Mm -hmm. But then we're momentary failures. Then we're going to be paralyzed by the things that we can do. Um, and and our hope is that our foundation is on Jesus, not on the things that we can do or things that we were unable to do, because then that becomes our identity versus having our identity in Christ. Yeah. We just Um, do everything
1: in our power, right. right. To make sure, right. But then we rely on God for the rest, right. Knowing Um, that
0: he is good. And I actually was listening to uh, a podcast once and Jeff Bezos, who, um, you know, CEO of Amazon. Uh, he said that he, he didn't like keeping up on Amazon stock mm. while he was like controlling the company, uh, because he didn't want to base the value of the company on how they were doing in the stock market. Yeah. And I was like, that kind of, threw me off i I just feel like somebody (laughs) like him would want to know exactly how they're doing but uh but it was like they didn't he didn't want to be led by his emotions going back to exodus 18 um what jethro tells moses is you cannot do it alone um what you're going to do is if you keep doing this uh you're going to end up like a failure which i love that but then Mm -hmm. he also says put other people around you and then you'll be able to endure yeah Uh, when i look at that story one thing that that i love looking at is is Moses hadn't failed yet, mm. but he was probably on the path to failure by yeah. overworking himself. Uh, and the beautiful thing about that story is Jethro was actually Moses' father-in-law. Mm. And and it's funny that that Moses saw, uh, sorry, Jethro saw that Moses was neglecting his family mm. uh, for ministry, You know, which family needs to be our first ministry yeah. type of thing. Uh, and it was somebody uh, who loved Moses enough to tell him, you have to change what you're yeah. doing, otherwise you're going to fail. Uh, and so, going back to kind of what happened with your story and bt is that mm. moses had somebody to come around to him to say hey yeah. let me help you right now uh and let me show you what mm-hmm. your trajectory might look like yeah um and it's it's that willingness to listen to somebody that mm-hmm. loves you to help push you forward to what god has for yeah. you i think uh and i love that that happened with you because who knows what was going to happen yeah. but now on this side of things for you bro it's like Like you have no idea how God's going to use your story he's using it now for you to pastor BT Alice uh, but you have no idea how he's going to use it in the future for for maybe someone else who walks through this and they come along your path and you're going to be able to share some wisdom uh, with them and so um, kind of last question um, how would you uh, pastorally counsel someone who's maybe on the path to failure or dealing with failure right
1: now man I would just kind of encourage them right again like failure is not Failure is not who you are, right? It's a moment. Mm. Uh, and so trying to help them and encourage them to see past this moment, right? Wow. Maybe what are some good things that came out of this moment, right? I can look back and say, yeah, that's a part of my story, right? But f- before that moment, there was good things that were happening in my life. You know what I mean? That's where I grew to become the leader, you know, that I am today. Learned, you know, to do some things, learn not to do some things, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? And so the way, you know, pastoring them through that is just encouraging them and getting them to see themselves through God's eyes, right and not through their own right not looking at the situation around them right but looking at the God who's over the situation that's good right and encouraging and holding on to his word and speaking those promises over yourself um right and knowing that you are the head and not the tail mm. <laughs> you know like always kind of encouraging them in that and making sure they understand that failure is not who they are wow right it's a moment uh and what does the scripture say like we're basically kind of like a vapor right we're mm-hmm. here one minute and gone the next yeah. and so that's what failure is right it's kind of a blip on the radar yeah. like oh that hurt okay Like, let's keep moving forward Uh, and not to allow the failure to define them, right? But to see God in everything and in that situation and what happened, right? Because I can look back and see my story and see where the moment where I felt like a failure and say, man, but in that moment, that was probably besides now, was when I was the closest to God, right, ever was because I needed him. That's good. I needed to look at him. I needed to be in his presence. Uh, And so it was one of those things where you can look back and say, okay, hey, yeah, there's failure, but in your midst of your failure, like focus on Jesus, right? Find people who care more about your soul Mm. than, than, than care about what the agenda they have for you right wow. and, and so knowing that right you know pastoring somebody through that like knowing and saying like hey we care more about your soul than we do about what you can do for us and so let me help you and lead you through this failure uh, and knowing again that it's just a moment right it's not who you are Yeah. Um, you know I, you hear people all the time say man I'm such a failure man I'm such a failure you're like no you're not bro like you're loved by God Yeah. <laughs> right he's got big plans for you it's not just a cliche Come thing on. we say like it's the truth you know what I mean if you would just surrender your life to him surrender your plans surrender your goals to him mm. right you're never failure if you have Jesus right wow, the Bible says cool. we're victors right and yeah. so we walk in that victory and so holding on to that and so really I guess the, you know the way we would pastor somebody dealing with failure is reminding them who they are in Christ right remember who loved them first yeah uh, reminding them of that and
0: so that's good man uh, Matt appreciate you joining in on today's episode of the podcast loved hearing your story, uh, loved hearing your passion for the city of Alice and uh, just kind of how, how you've allowed God to work through you. Uh, to me, that's very motivational and encouraging. Uh, and man, I'm praying for you, praying for Alice. Uh, and we do believe that God has big plans and he's doing big things right now, uh, but he's going to continue to do that as well, Matt. So uh, appreciate your time, bro. And thank you so much for uh, joining this conversation.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.